Time flies by. Time every day seems to be fleeting away. Are we able to hop in a time machine and feel feelings that we felt before? The lessons we learn in those moments seem to be small before. And now, to me, it seems so paramount in my eyes, like a large mountain in front of me. We are faced with a mountain of space and time in this dimension. I see a climber in the distance with tools and fire and friends. Let's see who it is. Wendy Luke is one of my mentors when I was barely learning to give myself confidence of slowly becoming a yoga sculpt instructor. Wendy Luke is currently in school for nursing. She is slowly finding herself in many ways to be making an impact in the world. We deep dive in questions about life and being vulnerable and how time is so precious. Last time I've seen Wendy was her goodbye party a year ago at Happy Brewery in San Jose. And now I have her in front of me today for a podcast. We only had two to three instances we spoke between that day and now. Will our connection still be there? Episode 13, Into the Loop. Welcome to episode 13, Into the Wendy Look. <laughs> How's that? My last name is Luke. Is Luke? Yes. Like Luke Skywalker? Yes. Okay. Hi, Wendy. How's your day so far? Good. We had some delicious foods, and I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited that you're here. I was telling you right before we got on that the universe was unfolding and this moment was supposed to happen. So Wendy, uh, I kind of wanted to just go over who Wendy Luke is, <laughs> a little bio of uh, who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. How long do I have? <laughs> as long as you need. <laughs> um, okay. My name is Wendy Luke. I'm a human. I live on Earth. Um, how far do I go? As far as you want to oh go. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> um, I'm excited to be here. Um, I am a nursing student. I live in Sacramento now. And before that, I was a yoga teacher. And I don't know. This is hard. What else should I say? I grew up in San Jose. Uh, did my undergrad at UC Santa Barbara, and I was on the rowing team there. That was super cool. Shout out to UCSB Rowing. Oh, nice. And um, do you still remember your rowing team captain's name? Yeah. Shout out Nate Clark. Ooh. And um, did that. I was. I don't know. I'm just a human. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's good. Went to undergrad in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, started working there in the Department of Recreation. That was super fun. I managed a student medical emergency relief fund there. Wow. And that was awesome. And 
and um, thought I was going to physical therapy. Then I didn't. Then I left and I backpacked Southeast Asia for a few months. Came back, decided to go to nursing school, and then met Martin teaching yoga in San Jose. And I was there for a few years until I got into nursing school. So. Ooh. I want to talk about Southeast yeah. Asia. Okay. So how long were you there? And I remember, you, I remember you leaving. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, everything we built up to, gone. <laughs> okay, Southeast Asia. Okay. Uh, so I was working in Santa Barbara, and I was trying to find, like, what was I going to do next? I had this, like, plan. You know, this plan was to go to physical therapy school and then go from there. And then I realized, like, that was not. The plan and you know I applied to physical therapy school and then I was like I don't want to do this anymore like what is it that I wanted to do um I always knew that I wanted to go somewhere where I could help people just like anyone else in the healthcare field and I ended up leaving my job to do this medical mission in Cambodia and we provided we were just uh, creating a we were in a health clinic and Am I still on? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> in Cambodia, and we um, went into the islands and we provided health care for them. Um, in that part of my life, I bought a one-way ticket, and I was just like, I'm going to do this, and I don't know when I'm going to come back. Well, that was a one-way ticket? I did not know. Yeah, so I went there um, on a family trip to Bali, which was super fun, and then my family went home, and then I went to Cambodia, and I did my mission. And then after that, I was like, I'm just going to wander a bit. And, you know, when I'm ready to go home, I'll go home. And I promised my mom, like, I promise I'll go home and, you know, take my prereqs to go back to nursing school. But right now, like, this is what I need to do. So when did you decide to go home? Was it like a day or a moment? Like, oh, I'm going to go home now? Yeah. I remember this was, so I was there for about three months. And, um... I was there for about three months, and I traveled through Cambodia, through Thailand, through Malaysia to Singapore, and then I went home. And it was in Malaysia, I was in this hostel, and I was talking to this German lady at the hostel, and I was just asking, you know, doing the hostel thing, just meeting people, asking them what, how long they've been here, where are they from, what are they up to? And she told me this story, it was wild, that she was living in Australia and she was working for this company in the States. And basically, uh, they laid a ton of people off. So then, you know, she was out of a job, but she had a work visa in Australia. But basically, they said, like, that her work visa was gone. So then she had to, like, move out. But all of her belongings were in Australia. And, like, she was living there for 10 years. So her whole life was there and all of her things were there. And she was just trying to get a visa into Australia so she could move her stuff out. And she told me this story. And I was like, holy cow, like, that must suck to not be able to go home. And then after that, I was like, I need to go home. And then I bought my ticket that night. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I haven't thought about that in a long time. That's a crazy, 
thing to think about. So they appreciate to have a home to go back to. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. Yeah. And I was like, I really miss my mom. <laughs> so she probably <laughs> so glad to have you back anyways. Oh yeah, she was so mad about that. Cool. Awesome. I feel like we have a good taste of Wendy Luke. Oh my god, I've been saying your name wrong for most of my life. <laughs> I thought it was like luck, like you get lucky if you see Wendy. Oh yeah, that works too. Cool. Um, so I, I have some themes that you, we actually talked about before we started the podcast, and one of the first things that we that you said was vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So I wanted you kind of just take the floor. Oh yeah, this is something that. Have you tried to talk closer to the mic? Then. Oh yeah, can. does that work? Yes. I'm too right. laid back in this chair. You could pull it, pull it closer to you too. I'm ready, ready for you. Okay. So vulnerability has been something that is like the lesson that keeps like kicking me to the floor all the time that I'm always relearning and reminding myself and learning about. So I feel like that's been a big theme recently in my recent life. And, um, you know, I, I read this book and it really changed my idea of just like how I want to live my life. So my conclusion is that vulnerability is courage. And we really appreciate it when other people are vulnerable, but we don't allow ourselves that same appreciation. And I think for a long time in my life, I was really scared to be seen and to be heard because I thought that, you know, what I had to say didn't matter as much as others. So it's funny that I'm here because now I'm here. And it's, uh, I think like, it's funny because you're a yoga instructor. You're sharing almost every day. And I know. Being vulnerable. And you're not someone I see as vulnerable at all. Really? Yeah. Huh? Thank you. Well, I, I think the thing is like, I, the funny thing about teaching yoga is that I would say things and, you know, most of the time it's just like word vomit. And, you know, people would come up to me afterwards and they're like, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Like, thank you so much. You're so wise, you know, things like that. And honestly, like, I humbly do this because I have so many things that I need to tell myself because it's hard for me to believe that it's true. So being able to affirm myself and remind myself and be able to have that platform to share to others, like here are the life lessons that I need to continuously tell myself. That. I think is that vulnerability, right? That's true. Like the students, even though they're taking away something from it too, you're also a student of the words you say. Yeah. Like you're always a student. You're always a lifelong student. And being able to step away from that and really just sit in the role of I am a student has been really cool to go back because, you know, like, once you become a yoga teacher, it's like, oh, you're a yoga teacher, but you kind of forget that we're always lifelong students, and there's no really true teacher. Like, the yoga is the teacher. Oh, that was deep. What were the biggest things that you were telling your students or telling yourself when it came to teaching a class? The biggest ones that I always came back to was 
to be kind to yourself, to slow down, and to not, to be authentically them and acknowledge that the imperfections of us all make us perfect. I love that. I feel so imperfect all the time, and that's perfectly imperfect. You're perfectly imperfect. We all are. Where am I right now? Where is Wendy Luke right now? I'm on Earth. I am a year into my nursing program up at UC Davis in Sacramento, and I'm really happy to be there and I'm excited about what I'm doing and I feel like I'm, you know, finally on a path that makes sense for me. I think I did a lot of wandering for a while and then was blindlessly, like blissfully, actually that's the word, blissfully wandering for a while. Like, oh, like, you know, I just go with the flow and, you know, things will happen when they happen. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of your Instagram handle. Yeah. Where's Wendy? Where's Wen? You know, I don't know. Who knows? I'll just go where the wind blows me. And I think I spent a lot of time just letting the universe do its job. And, you know, I would just be a passenger. And I think now that I'm like, okay, well, I have to decide. I need to know what I'm going to do. I need to have a purpose. And I've kind of like chosen a career path in that sense. I'm excited that I'm actually on that path. So I'm in nursing school. I'll be done in six months. Nice. Um, and I'm just really excited for all the opportunities that come out, out of that. And schools, I know that we talked about you going back to school. I remember I tried asking you the podcast like two weeks ago and like you didn't know how that was going to be and getting settled in. Was it a little scary to kind of go back to school during this whole obviously pandemic? It is scary. I think my school is one of the few that still has in-person clinicals. So, you know, last quarter in the height of the quarantine, like I was going into the hospital routinely and, you know, like that added fear of, am I going to get sick? Am I going to get my mom sick? Am I going to get my loved ones sick? It's always been in the back of my mind. And however, the other thing that was oh I lost my train train of thought um I also felt very grateful and blessed that I was still in school and not unemployed and I had something to keep chugging into so coming into school now I think I'm just you know ready to finish it off and keep going that's good so very positive still positive outlook in terms of finishing and going to school yeah. Yeah, I I love where I am. I love I feel very supported through my schooling and I feel like the conversations that we're having in school are things that I really care about. And I remember what you said when you were first going to school in Sacramento, you said it was kind of hard to adjust, right? Mhm. So how was kind of what were your obstacles that you were dealing with when you actually moved away from home and also, you know, I think you kind of moved away from teaching all the time too. Yeah, so I think I got very comfortable at home. You know, I 
was comfortable with who I was and you know I loved my community and I had a really good support of my family and my friends and I just felt all this like overwhelming support you know people on my side and like-minded people and people that I could trust and really connect with and transplanting to Sacramento it's kind of like I had to start over again and you know I'm not afraid of starting over again or going into new places like that part wasn't too bad and it was all new and exciting to kind of like start this new chapter of my life um but I think after a while I struggled with just trying to find that same community you know being able to connect with people and have these deeper conversations and not be so worried about things for me that I didn't care about anymore, you know, like superficial things. Um, so that transition was a little rough for me because I think I was, you know, trying to find not just a place that I could fit in, but a place that I could belong and like really find that like community. Cool. <laughs> you look like you want me to say more. Uh, I thought you were going to say more. That's what I was like, oh, I thought you were you're pausing <laughs> to say something like impactful, but no, no, it's, it's hard to go move, like to move somewhere yeah. and, like I was thinking, like that's hard, especially like all your friends are your family here, that your yoga studio is here. I would imagine that you were, you know, join a yoga studio in Sacramento. You know, I tried, and I was just so overwhelmed with school and everything that I had to do that I, you know, really put that on the back burner, and it really showed. I think like my well-being and my ability to take care of myself really altered because of that because I didn't do that and I didn't go out and like find that um so that's interesting to like realize that and I when, do, go ahead well I was, I was gonna say when did things start getting better for you in Sacramento because I feel like there was a transition of you going there and it's feeling kind of unwelcome to at least getting to a point of stability yeah I think you know I I'm so lucky to have my roommates I'm gonna shout out to Megan and Ben and our little dog, Tiny, and our cat, Mew. And, you know, they've been such a wonderful house to be in and, like, home. Like, they're really my home away from home, and they really are my family there. And um, I think when I first started school, I was so busy, caught up with school, and, you know, I saw them in passing a lot. But after a while, like, we really, especially in this quarantine, we really, like, had to be around each other all the time and we really built this like beautiful home together and you know I've got some really good friends in school and you know I'm feeling really supported so it's not so much like in a yoga setting and that like huge community of like-minded people but I'm really just cherishing like the small little family that I have oh that's cool yeah. Oh yeah, living in especially with my roommates, like we just you bond when you just live with people because you're just living life together. Yeah. Like how do you not bond with someone who's just trying to do their own life too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Yoga, bittersweet feeling. 
Mm. Ooh. Ooh. All the yoga people are intently listening right now. Hi, yoga people. Any shout outs to any yoga people that you know that will be listening and they're going to probably message you after they listen to this podcast? That's hard. There's so many people and now I don't want to choose. You know? I'm going to choose one. Diane. Ooh, Diane, I called you out. Hi, Diane. (laughs) Oh my God, you're going to have a baby soon and it's going to be so amazing. I'll shout out to Lauren Abbott because I... I talk to her every once in a while, and it's really nice to have just like that support far away. So, hi, Lauren. I miss you. Um, okay, back to yoga. Bitter sweet. Bitter sweet is the word that I like to describe with it. Bitter melon with sugar on it. With sugar. Sweet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my mom used to stuff those with like meat and noodles and make a soup out of it. Ooh. Bitter melon. I'm not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my yoga journey. um, When I was a kid, my aunt would used to do Denise Austin yoga in the morning, and we would do that before I go to school. And I remember, like, my first memory of yoga is that we did triangle pose, and I was like, oh, my God, I can count the three triangles. And... Then rediscovered yoga in college. I had this really gnarly like back issue, and I had this chronic back pain for the last couple years of college that was really hard to deal with. And um, the thing that really helped me just heal was yoga. Um, after college in Santa Barbara, I had a little short moment where I moved back to San Jose and. That's when I discovered Core Power up here, actually. So I was here when the studios just opened in the Bay Area. Um, I will shout out to Jennifer Holtz because I went to her class every week. And I would do her double. I would do her C1 and then her C2. And there's something just magical about her that I was like, I want, I want that. Like, how is it that she's walking? with ease and lightness so then I kept on going to just like figure things out um and then in that point in my life I was teaching like group exercise classes so I was doing like a little kickboxing a little weightlifting boot camp I was like personal trainer ish um so you know after a while I was like oh I can do that right like I can teach yoga and I think I you know I have the skill set to be able to do that And that's something that I'd be really interested in learning more of. So I ended up doing my teacher training back down in Santa Barbara because I got a job down there. And that was kind of just like the beginning, right? There's like life before yoga and then life after yoga. (laughs) And then, you know, like I started opening this world of just being aware of like what's going on and, you know, I think the biggest shift that changed from going through yoga teacher training and doing more yoga was to realize that it wasn't like all these things were happening to me. It was like, I get to choose what happens to me. So it was a shift in perspective of, you know, a shift of abundance instead of scarcity and really appreciating what I had instead of thinking about the things that I didn't. 
So that was the start, and I started teaching in Santa Barbara, um, you know, like stumbling, we all do that, like getting nervous before you teach a class, and you're like, oh my god, like who's going to listen to what I have to say? <laughs> I don't even know anything. But then you just do it, right? Yeah. And then the more you do it, the more you learn, and the more you learn, you're like, where can I learn more? So fast forwarded, I'm teaching in the Bay Area and, you know, I'm looking for people who have more to say and I want to learn more and I want to go deeper and started to find some teachers that were going deeper and, you know, doing the self-study for myself. And I think what's bittersweet is that yoga in itself, it's like, oh, like, it's given me so much peace and self-compassion for myself and space to breathe and grow and like learn to be uncomfortable. And now that I'm like stepping away from the teacher role, what's bitter about it is for me, there's like this layer of like capitalism and Western society, like taking over a cultural tradition and this like cultural appropriation of it. And, you know, when you Google yoga and you look at the images, it's a lot of just white women in tight spandex doing kind of like a glorified acrobatics. And that's like really harsh to say. And, you know, if people are offended about that, I'm sorry. But I feel like, you know, we've, taken yoga from a tradition and a sacred tradition and then we've chosen what we like about it and then we forgot the rest so now like as I'm learning all these things and trying to find humility in you know maybe some of the mistakes that I've done in the past and how I how can I go about being a teacher again that's bitter for me because I don't know how to do that and I don't know how to do it with like humility and gratitude for the practice and like be able to share what I've learned and however also respect its traditions and where it came from. So that's bittersweet, yeah. like a bitter melon. Like a bitter melon. A bitter melon popsicle. It's like when I teach my um, C2s and I just do a whole hip-hop playlist. Mm -hmm. Kind of uh, I always think about that too. And I'm just like, well, this is not traditional. Especially if I don't like really theme it. And then I feel like everything I've learned has always been something that was written off a book. It's like mm -hmm. it's been scripted. And that's like one of the things that you mentioned. And I kind of like, me and my brother, I feel like we kind of just roll around the idea of it like oh it's made for the average consumer and like it's fun but in terms of the depthness of true tradition of yoga something that i realize that i haven't fully learned myself and at least i didn't recognize that and i know that i don't have it at least gives me i just feel like at least i know where i'm at with it yeah and i'm not I'm not like saying anything bad about what is out there because that has been my gateway, you know, like the accessibility of yoga allows 
more people to do it and it helps people so much to regulate their stress and their sleep and have a community that supports you positively for us to all grow and move and find space you know yeah and like that i would i'm there and i was there and that's where i was exposed to it so you know like it has a near and dear space in my heart and i guess i'm just trying to figure out like what that means now and how can i approach it um Sometimes the way I see it, like for me, most people don't know this. Wendy was actually one of the people that actually led my teacher training. I consider her one of my yoga mentors. But to think that, yeah, no, yoga for me has made me a nicer person. I'm very thoughtful. Um, I'm to have met and know someone like you. I wouldn't, I feel like, to be honest, like I feel like we would have been friends otherwise if I wasn't in this path of like coming to class all the time. Excited to see Wendy spending hella time on the weekends because Wendy just happens to teach and I'm not just chilling <laughs> there talking to her all the time. And just to be in that space where, and then the crazy thing is like you gave me that space for me to just annoy you and talk to you after class and you were just chopping it up with me and I was able to do the same for other people in, while you were gone. And to think that I was impactful for someone else because you were impactful for me, I wanted to pay things forward and give them the same treatment and the same experience that you gave me, I gave to someone else. And to let them know that I'm always there for them and I always think about so much more than kind of like the average person, but I try to be so thoughtful and so prepared and so willing to be vulnerable. And I feel like you've always been vulnerable when I met you. I think you were just kind of just in that path and in that journey. You've been thinking about exactly where you want to go whereas when i think your instagram handle was alluding to the fact that you are trying to still decide where you're gonna go oh my god that was so sweet martin (laughs) one of my favorite things about that was i was teaching like saturday night or sunday evenings and you know i had the last class of the day and then I'd get to talk to you at the end and you'd show up most of the time. And I remember we maybe had a conversation where I was like, oh, Martin, how are you? And you're like, good. And then I was like, well, how are you? And I think that was like the first time you kind of just opened up to me and shared about what was going on in your life. And I think you're one of the first people that I was very admirable of just being able to just share like, this is what's going on with my life. And I don't really know you, but like, since you asked me, <laughs> like, this is what's going on. I remember that. Cause you're like, how are you? I'm like, good. And you're like, no, how are you? And I was like, oh shit, she sees through me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like that first time that I was able to just really truly hold space for someone to be seen and to be heard in like a real way. Yeah. And then, you know, someone told me the other day, not the other day, I guess it was years ago. But they're like, oh, like, I think Martin stays just to make sure that you leave the studio, like, safely every night. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, of course. And to call me a mentor is very strange because I feel like I'm just on the same path as you. Yeah, but you taught me. You were, like, leading the class and 
I took many lessons and I think one of the biggest things that you taught me is that you saw me you see, like you really spent time and that even that moment was so small was so impactful for someone to be like how are you and then that person says I'm good and you're like no how are you and I was just like whoa she actually wants to know so I was like I'll tell her everything and I feel like after that I was like why not just tell someone everything when people had asked me how are your parents I just paused and I'm just like do I just white lie or do I just tell them everything and what I realized what I started doing, I just tell them everything. Like, I don't want to hold anything back anymore. My, I want everything to be an open book. Even this podcast is almost like a facade. I feel like sometimes I'm just showing everyone exactly what they want, like what I want them to sh- show them, like what they want to hear. Like, oh, Mars this person that's podcasting everyone and trying to like get all these stories out. I don't know, because I feel like there are a lot of things I haven't really talked about, but at the end of the day, I want people to feel that I see them and and that, that when they do that, they do it to other people and they help other people. Because I feel like you help me and I help someone else and it just keeps going. And now one of my protégés that she calls me a mentor is helping others and others are calling her a mentor. And it's just like, it just keeps going. And I was so excited to tell her that I'm podcasting you. I was like, this is one of my mentors. And she's like, what? You're my mentor. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Are you talking about Cassie? Yeah, that's the time about Cassie. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just also, gonna shout out to her because I listened to her podcast, and then she told me to eat an orange in the shower. So then I ate it in the bathtub, and it was amazing. <laughs> so I'm just gonna shout out to her. <laughs> Did you have like a shower bathtub, or you were in the midst of a bath? It was unfortunately one of those like long days where I took a shower, and then I decided to sit down, and then I turned the bath on. I feel like I've never taken like a like a bath like that in like Ooh. a long time. I support it. It's like one of the most luxurious self-care things you can do for yourself. I just turn into like a prune. I don't think I'm doing it right. That's basically what happens. Oh. You're doing it right. It's funny after that. So I have eating a orange in the shower. And right <laughs> after that, it goes going through a lot of grief and death in the family yeah i know that's kind of a big transition but what you're willing to share (laughs) it's like okay and then death so actually i think it's very relatable because you know when you think about a yoga practice and you think about the end of shavasana and the corpse pose and the traditions behind it that, you know, I have learned. I don't know if it's actually true, but, you know, my teachers have taught me that, you know, this shavasana where we lay down on our back and we close our eyes and we stay still and we accept the end of our practice is almost a practice of us accepting the ultimate end and, you know, coming to terms that, there's, you know, we have a finite time here and there's an ending to many chapters of our life and then there's a final ending and, you know, when you realize this death is inevitable, you ask yourself, like, so then, you know, what should I do with what I have left and all the time that I have left and those in my life? So... A little bit background of me, like I've 
grew up in a multi-generational household, which was great and awesome and chaos. You know, lots of people, my grandparents were always there with me, my mom, aunts and uncles, and throughout that household, like, we experienced a lot of difficulties with family members getting sick and passing away, and there's just years of caregiver burden of the stressors of having to work and take care of your family and then you come home and then you have to work because you have to take care of your family who's sick and Mm. almost being a full-time caretaker on your time off and preparing for you know like taking care of them and making sure that they're okay and you know like doing that for years and years and years and then when someone actually passes away you're like oh my god like like that whole experience and you know I've been dealing with this kind of grief of loss of family members that I grew up with and I've loved that has raised me and that like roller coaster of the ride has really shook me almost like the same way every single time it like shakes me even more of just reminding me that time is finite and what I have here is finite so like there's no time for things that don't matter and there's no time to like leave things unsaid and the most I can do is live every day with an intention of this is what I want to do These are the people I care about. These are the people that I want to be with. And ask myself every single day, like, are my actions reflecting on my intentions and my goals and my values? And am I doing the stuff that is me every day? Some days more, some days not. Do the people in my life that I love know that I love them? Have I told them enough? Kind of questions like that. And it's been a roller coaster ride because, you know, this is going on and I'm in nursing school and now I'm like really experiencing life and death a lot and trying to find meaning in that and trying to find like, what is it that matters in my life? That what are my priorities? And I think there's a time where I always thought, you know, my my identity is really important and my career is really important. And now I'm like, no, it's really the people that I love, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. Like everyone that's there to support you and family is always super important. And when your identity is gone and everything that you have is gone, like what is actually important at the end? You know, it's really helped me filter out all the stuff that doesn't, matter there's a lot of noise right a lot of noise i definitely resonate with that a lot i feel when i started doing these podcasts i was like what is more than just a conversation that you could forget a conversation that you could record that you could never forget and everyone listens i feel like that's a very ample use of time this podcast will reconnect you with people who resonate with you which is kind of so fun and I'm super excited that you hopped on this podcast because I feel like it kind of embodies 
what you just said. And I, not to, to toot my own horn, but to come over and do a podcast with Martin is actually embodiment of doing something that's worth, or you make time to do. You know, you took time of your day. You're not living here, and you're from Sacramento, and you drove all the way down. Let me know you're coming down and do the podcast. I was like, great. You know, Wendy really wants to be here. Really, she really wants to be a part of this podcast. And I see that you, you know that for yourself that this, it's important for you to do this what you really want to do. So thank you. Also, I was like, oh, man, okay, fine, I'll do it. And now I can't back out. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and that never, was looming in my yeah, head. I never force people to do a podcast. You don't force. You don't force. They, don't force, they you say force. yes, and then I just let it simmer. And yeah. they just think about it like, oh. And it's like one of those things where you're just like, you want to get it done because I left all these little nuggets with all these people right now, and they're mm-hmm. all just thinking about it every day. They think about, damn it, Martin put another podcast out. You planted a seed. Yeah, many you, seeds. Yeah. Can you talk about the mountain analogy? Because I'm still stuck on that, and it's great. Oh man, okay. We, I love the mountain analogy. It was so good. Oh man, I'm trying to remember exactly what I said. It was. Um, that okay, we, can I tell the story of what happened? Yeah. Okay, so. Um, you know, I was just like doing my own thing um, on Instagram and, you know, like young Pueblo always gets me with some kind of quote. So then I share it and then Martin slides into my DMs and then we start talking about things. And then all of a sudden, like I get really overwhelmed by text. So then after a while, I'm like, this is too much to type. So then I just call him and I'm like, hi. <laughs> And then we talk about, you know, what's going on. We finally catch up after, like, all these many moons of not talking. And then we get to this podcast idea. And then Martin tells me about the mountain. And then I'm going to let him tell you about the mountain because I really like it. My mind's blanking. (laughs) It's like, like when you see the mountain, you don't really see... You know, it looks really big. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember. It's okay. so that the mountain, that it seems so vast, it seems so hard to get through, that it's almost like a deterrent, right? You don't really want to even try to attempt to climb it. But you forget that there are tools, that you have friends to actually help you climb this mountain and get over it. And it's within that idea that you know, you have friends, you have support, you have tools, you have things that be able to conquer things like that mountain and get over it and see what else is there more. And you shouldn't let it stop you. Yeah. And something that really resonates me with that analogy is that like no one can do it for you. People can support you and give you the tools. But the only person who can do that is you. And you have to climb the mountain alone, but you have to remember that you're not alone. Yeah. That you will never know unless you try. Yeah, because everyone, I feel like there's so many people, because now I'm remembering, it's like I'm kind of hopping back into that conversation now because like a lot of people stop themselves. Their mountain is, could be starting a podcast, could be starting a shirt company, it could be applying to a job and they stop themselves they're like oh i don't know how to do it the mountain's huge but it takes that first step it takes that asking someone like how do i climb kilimanjaro Mm -hmm. what tools do you need yeah when do i start how -hmm. long does it take can i do it it's saying yes i will do it this is when i will right 
Mm -hmm. I remember now because I was talking about how I was like, I haven't been teaching in so long. And, you know, that was something that was very important into the structure of my life and a way for me to stay creative and share and speak my truth and like sound my barbaric yop. And I feel like I'm nervous, like I'm a new teacher and I'm like, I don't, I, you know, these insecurities are happening of just like, why would anyone listen to me? Kind of the thing. And, you know, like those are the voices, the dramas that we create, the fake expectations and stuff that prevent us from doing what we want to do. And I think that's where it came from. Yeah, no, because you, you, you did tell that? me you had a big deterrent when you were trying to embody yoga classes with your classmates at school. Yeah. Right. And um, I think that's another thing of that like bittersweet of teaching. It's like now that I feel like this, like how can I do this authentically my way in a safe way and also like respect the traditions and where it came from in the midst of a pandemic when I'm full-time school and there's so much going on right now. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's so many um, people that are so sad right now and I'm so alone. Yeah. And I think one of the big things is now everyone's asking himself, what is the most impactful thing I could do for my own life? Yeah. Right. And it's- I noticed with all my interviews, there's, it kind of always comes to the underlying thing. It's like all of these things happen, but what do we do about it? Exactly. And it's almost forcing everyone to slow down and reflect and ask themselves, like, if the world ends, like, what matters? It's that same grief idea. Like, if you tear everything apart and you tear the niceties and the luxuries and break everything down, like, what is left? What do you want to be left? Like, what do you leave the world with? Mm -hmm. What is the mark? Kind of leads me to this next thing that we themed is all we really want is to have a connection. Mm. So that's really interesting because right now it's very hard to do that, or we have to like really go out of our way to connect with people. Um, this a lesson that I'm constantly learning is this idea of. Um, that everyone, like, if you tear all the niceties off, I think, you know, we're social species. All we really want is to be connected and to be seen and to be heard. So I had this teacher training a while back with Judith Lasseter, and she taught me the difference between compassion and empathy. And that's something that has stuck with me since. And compassion is seeing someone and understanding like where they're coming from and like really having the heart to see them right whereas empathy is having the ability to see someone and what they're going through but also acknowledge that you could very much be in their shoes at one point or one day so it's that shift of like you know like i'm compassionate to you versus I'm empathetic and I see you because I am you. I could be you, you know, like, because we are the same. And, you know, I think 
a lot of the times like we get angry and we get frustrated with other people because we're not able to communicate what's going on and we feel disconnected because nothing feels worse than being surrounded by people but feeling lonely um and we're not really brought up in a way that we can share that and say that because you know like being vulnerable is a weakness and like no one wants to be weak you know we're individual go-getters you know yeah and i put the narrative of being what like what is the idea of being strong and i i used to start thinking about what i used to say in my yoga school class like if you're not strong if you're not feeling if you're feeling kind of weak it's okay i'll be strong for you <laughs> but I, I i think the idea too is that i love when i i don't know if it was you but it was kind of like the idea of suffering like <laughs> going through class it was like it's suffering and i love the whole like you're born in the class of child's pose and you end class in savasana which is course pose and i think uh for me kind of uh this even starting in the yoga world i, I just kept thinking I love this idea, and people always know me for this idea, but it's always about thinking I'm going to die tomorrow, and I wake up every morning thinking I'm going to die tomorrow, so I open my eyes, and the first thing I do is I thank God I open my eyes, and it's kind of just forced me to, I feel like you, to live your intentions, because once I just figured out I have another day to live, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do? I might die tomorrow. <laughs> and it's, it's made me able to be able to be a doer. And it's funny. Cause my best friend just told me that he's just like, dude, how, you just do things. I was like, yeah, cause you have to have the right mindset to just do something and think about not getting a return on it, but the impact that you could leave because you could be gone forever. So I think I love the idea that I could leave a remark or a connection that will last forever. Me and Wendy's podcast will last forever, even if I die tomorrow. <laughs> well, if I don't post it, then I already have an email that will automatically get sent out to someone so they could post it for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I have my will all written out. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's podcast needs to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and it's good to know that I have people out there that will make sure those wills will be completed. So I'm not too worried if, you know, as long as it gets saved on my computer and this doesn't get destroyed, right? I think we all are afraid of being forgotten, you know? But we will always be remembered by those that love us, you know? It's true. And um, the death practice is something that I did in one of my teacher trainings um, that I led of just like, you know, one of those one of those journaling things that we always do because we love to journal about our feelings and reflect. And it was just like, if you're going to die tomorrow, like you have to write down everything that you want to do. And then you journal that and then you look at the list and then ask yourself, am I doing any of these things? Have I done any of these things today? And really just continue to ask yourself that. Like, am I really living how I want to live? Are the things that I'm doing really align with my values? And, you know, have I told everyone that I love that I love them enough? If I'm on my deathbed, like, what are the things that I'm going to regret? 
am I going to do them or not? You know? We never have a superficial, con like, conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. Our conversations Woo! are pretty deep. I feel like, because you're just, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's like, for you right now, do you feel like you've told everyone that you love, that you love them enough? No, not yet. When, when do you decide that you do? Where is the actual guideline or the know that you are where exactly where you want to be in terms of all the people that you show you want to show that you care about them how come that can't happen you know like today or tomorrow and you just call every single person and knock that shit out <laughs> knock it out <laughs> check it off or checklist society i think i don't think i would have told them enough until like i i die you know so it's never ending it's never ending because you can never tell anyone too many times and you can never be enough. You can't do that enough, you know? You can always say, I love you more. I love you, Martin. I love you too, Wendy. You know? I feel for me that everything we do is kind of an embodiment of what love is, right? It's kind of like, seeing someone yeah. and i feel like even though we haven't talked i would say there were months you probably never spoken or talked or maybe not even think of each other but i think the impact of the actions and the things and the person you are have been permanent in my mind and i think that's like also like a sense of like love but also a sense of like that measure of because I always say it's not about the quantity of time that you spend with someone, but it's about the quality of time and the impact that it made. And sometimes I feel like I've got enough of from some people, and sometimes I feel like the road will just go down to another point in time where that impact or moment will come back again. Right? I never really feel like I lost so much time with you since we didn't hang out, but we were able to pick up back where we left off because of the quality of the time that we spent together. Yeah, and I think I would attribute your ability to, like, cut all the bullshit out and, like, the niceties and just be real, you know? Like, we waste so much time. Oh, how are you? How are you? Oh, I'm busy. <laughs> you know, everyone is busy, right? And that really doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, because I love that term. And I say it to people, we're like, oh, I was too busy. And I was like, I always do this to piss them off. You were busy because this wasn't important to you. Boom. Oh. <laughs> oh. People don't like that. <laughs> People hate that. Yeah. But that's what you're busy. You're busy for business. You're busy for something that you, you made time to do. That's what the only things that people are busy for. When yeah. someone said they were too busy to hang out with you, that means you weren't important on that list that day. Yeah. And it's so crazy to think. But I would like say, yeah, there are days like, oh, I have a lot going on, but I do want to get this done. And I will make it a task to hang out with this person. Yeah. You know, so I'll be like, okay, on this day. I never just put it off some day that's not marked or scheduled. Yeah. Because I already know that's a blow off. Yeah. I, you're totally right. I cut the bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. if someone's like, let's go do something, all right, cool. What date? What time? Boom. And then I just like, I get it scheduled in calendar and it happens. Like, I, like, just like three, four hours ago, we did yoga at Muay Thai. Someone said, just said it, like, oh, it'd be cool if we did that. I'm like, great. Sunday, 10. <laughs> I love that. I need more friends like that for me because i'm such a 
um, like Myers Briggs. I'm such a P, and you know, I just like live in the chaos, and I'm like la di da, and like I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't know what homework assignments are due tomorrow. You know, like kind of just live in this like I like to just go with the flow, but I need people to be like, you said you were gonna hang out, like let's do it. Tell me a date, and honestly, I'm like, well, yeah, like you tell me, and we'll put it on the calendar, and then I'll be like fuck man it's on my calendar (laughs) i gotta do it and i'm excited but you know like i'm not that person who likes to plan yeah and i think that bothers a lot of people (laughs) yeah and because that's that's totally me because then there's people just like damn they they really watch what they say around me because they know if i put a date to it then they're just like shit now they feel shitty about themselves because that date passes and it didn't happen (laughs) well that's why i'm here because i was like oh man i told martin by july yeah and i was like cool it's gonna happen i was like it was not this week i was like cool next weekend and you're just like okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay let me figure it out yeah let and i didn't have out. to follow up with you you you're the one that messaged me and you're like i'm ready mm-hmm. and i was just like so amazed and proud of you thank you so, i'm trying this thing where i plan things out and try to schedule ahead and that's like the battle that i've been going through of like how can you be content with where you are, but then also plan ahead and have goals and has aspirations and dreams? And like, it's hard to do both at the same time. And like, I think the moment I'm like, oh, I'm really content and, you know, my life is abundant and I love what's going on. And I'm like, I'm grateful for what I have. I lost sight of like that go 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 like i have dreams and aspirations and like yeah. i need to make plans and i need to like do things you know yeah those are so important like that's like um in my when i interview people to work with me and mm-hmm. I, I ask them do you have dreams yeah and it's crazy to think that they're just like so surprised like wow this guy's asking me if i have dreams like what you mean like sleeping dreams? Like, no dreams of what do you want to do who do you want to become yeah what are your dreams and it's so crazy to see them self-reflect you know and it's amazing when they're just like, I want to be courageous. I want to be better. I want to be not this person right now. And I'm like, that's a good dream, you know? Because if something, if, or there's, if you know you're someone that you don't want to be, and you know that you're somewhere you don't want to be, then you could have a dream that could make come true. If you don't have a dream, then it never comes true. And then you plan for it, right? Your dreams come true when you make plans. Yeah. What is your dream? My dream? So I word this question a little differently. I think it's like, what is it that I want to say, like, at the end of my life? Which is kind of the same thing, right? That's my dream. And what I've come up with was to just say, like, holy cow, like, that was fun. I'm tired. I did everything that I wanted to do, and I lived my life fully, and, like, I'm, like, exhausted because, you know, like, I have no regrets. I did what I wanted to do, and I loved who I wanted to love, and they know that I love them. And that's it, you know? And be able to just say that then. There's a quote I'll tell you later about, um, but it's like, I, like I dared that. greatly, you know? 
That's a good dream. Thanks. Very, sounds like a yoga instructor type of dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the big things that you kind of ended your themes with is conference on health equity. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about that. Awesome. So um, in my school, I'm in this group with the med students, so nursing students and med students, and we're in this group called the Coalition for Health Equity. And I'm really grateful for like the education that I'm getting in my school and learning a lot of these things that, you know, I've really thought about and why I was like hesitant to go into healthcare. Because I'm really thinking about like, you know, like sometimes I feel like healthcare is just like a band-aid. It's a disease care. We treat things when we're sick and we're not giving everyone an equal chance to live healthy and thrive. And, you know, I did this research project and you'd imagine like how many places in the United States that don't have a grocery store within a mile of where they live or, you know, they're in food swamps of all fast food and no fresh produce or food deserts where there's just no grocery store. So, you know, like, you don't have access. And how are you supposed to, like, be a healthcare provider and tell them to eat healthy when you don't even know, like, what their living situation is, you know? How are you supposed to tell someone, like, oh, you're overweight and you need to, you know, like, exercise is really important when you don't ask them, like, what their life is like and they tell you that they work two jobs and their mom is sick at home and there's just no time for them to take care of themselves and like how can i as a up-and-coming like nurse really help that and like do good better by helping more people by changing the way we like see healthcare, you know? And health is more than just going to the doctor once a year. It's where we live. So, um, you know, I took this class called the social determinants of health and um it really just hit hard on all these thoughts that I was thinking, you know. And you know, how can we care about our mental health if we're just trying to survive, you know? So um, this conference that we're putting on is called the Coalition for Health Equity. And health equity basically means that we deserve a just opportunity to achieve our optimal health. So, you know, not everyone is dealt the same cards. So what can we do to make sure everyone has equal opportunity to thrive and be healthy and live, you know, and that includes not just, you know, healthy foods, but it also includes safe housing, fair jobs, fair wages, opportunities to um, move up in the world, transportation, all these things that, like, we take for granted. And especially when we look into the quarantine, like, quarantine is a privilege, People who get to work from home and stay home, that is a privilege. 
that a lot of people don't have and people are losing their jobs, you know? So what can we do to really change that? I don't know. So me and an awesome group of my colleagues and med students and our faculty advisors are having this virtual Zoom conference because everything's on Zoom now. And we're inviting people out in there, in the world, in the field that have something to say about, you know, like what's going on in the world and what we can do and take action. And I think a lot of the times we talk about, oh, like, this is so bad, cancel culture, like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that, like, you know, Marta. But, um, you know, like, we always talk about things and we talk about this is an issue, this is an issue, this is an issue, climate change, you know? Um, but then it's like, but what do we do? You know, Black Lives Matter, but what do you do? Like, what are we doing? Are we doing something? How do we do it? So um, I'm really hoping to just open, you know, we're just creating that platform for people to learn and hear about, like, what can we do and find like-minded people who are like, hey, we want to do something. So I'm super stoked about it. It's a virtual Zoom conference. It's on October 3rd. Um, it's free. It's on Zoom. So wherever you live, you know, you can just hop on for a little bit or a lot of it. And, um, you know, our Instagram is Coalition on Health Equity. And, yeah, I'm just super excited about this project. It's like find something that really feels right. And, I don't know, it could be awesome it could bust because you know we're a bunch of students trying to figure out how to make this happen but i'm just excited to be a part of it that's so exciting and obviously for the listeners i'll add a link in instagram on the page Thank but you. it's like those small ideas that one idea you know when i think about that big ride sharing company they're like oh what if someone just got in a car and had an app and picked up people right it's something that could I feel like a lot of people resonate with like, yeah, all this is happening and I acknowledge it and they're just like, think they're contributing, just, you know, getting the awareness out there. Like everyone, everyone knows, but what are the actions that are people doing, you know? And some of the big things that I liked seeing was people were donating to those type of businesses that were suffering, you know, that were also, you know, really affected and especially, you know, businesses of color. And I thought that was cool. And then, you know, some people are just, you know, rioting and, you know, damaging the city. And I'm like, oh, that's not cool. And so many people are doing different things. I remember they were doing the, the indigenous zone. I forgot what that was called. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, too. It's like, I don't know, but people are doing things. But what are the best way to do things and make an impact? And I feel like I'm super interested in kind of your conference and seeing what can I do, you know, as someone that's a hiring manager and doing a podcast. I'm pretty sure I could do something. We can all do something, whether, you know, whether you're in healthcare or not, you know, for the pandemic, we can all do something, you know, it's depends how busy your schedule is, I guess. Well, you make busy for things that are important, right? Yeah. I think we all choose how we spend our time. And, you know, like we don't have to be on all the time. We don't have to like, work our purpose all the time like 
we also need to learn how to take care of ourselves. And I think that's something that is really, really coming back and forth in my life lessons. You know, like, to be able to do things, we need to take care of ourselves. And, you know, it's like the airplane. You put your mask on before you help others, you know? And I think, you know, looking back at all of it and, like, my yoga journey and where I am now, like, I think that's kind of in my purpose of just, like, I really hope that I'm able to create and hold space for people to recognize how important they are and how important their dreams and their values are and like everyone deserves to be able to take care of themselves and build that relationship with themselves you know and have a good relationship with themselves notice like the dialogue you have in your mind i love that people should be like i want to date myself (laughs) you know i take myself to a fancy dinner yeah. yeah, and not everyone could say that. Yeah, and you're totally right. Like, I would never want to date someone if I can't date myself. Yeah, why would I stand someone else if they can't stand myself? <laughs> exactly. Um, so one more thing on that that really changed how I view things is I had this professor um, at UC Santa Barbara, and it was like a sports marketing class, Mark Orlando, and he his final lecture was called like building your brand. And I remember, like, he gave us all a piece of paper, and he wrote down, like, write down three people that you really look up to, who inspire you, who you admire. And we all wrote this down. And he's like, okay, write down why. And um, so we did that. And then afterwards, we looked at it, and he was like, okay, now take your pen and cross everyone off and write your own name. Because everything that you admire that inspires you is within you. Wow, I remember you saying this at the studio. Yeah, (laughs) and I did that um, in your teacher training at the very end of just write down three yoga teachers that admire, that you admire and you inspire, like inspire you. And then... Cross those names off, baby, because you're a yoga teacher. Yeah, I crossed your name off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I was like making it all dark and stuff. <laughs> no, but I, I remember that. That was so impactful. I like that a lot. I think a lot of the, uh, my Omis and you know, yoga classmates really enjoyed that. Thank it's, you. It's like those little moments of ingrained subconsciously in our mind. And I feel like you definitely taught me lessons at the studio that I re- reciprocated or replicated deja vu for other people and i learned so much from you too yeah i still um mark orlando if you're ever listening to this i still have that piece of paper from like 2016 it's next to my bed i look at it almost every day so thank you that reminds me of like something you left in my notebook about like hot dogs i can't remember but i left that sticky note is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. <laughs> that is probably the most divisive question you could ever ask in the world. That was like one of the things that every time I went to Costco, I thought about Wendy. And I wanted <laughs> to go like sandwiches or like any sandwich. I was like, damn, she left this thing that I can't stop thinking about. <laughs> but I wouldn't message you just like, oh, well, I've messaged you. I think I'll message you sometimes. But you left like something that was so impactful that didn't make, almost didn't make sense to me. What it was like had me thinking about you 
<laughs> oh my god and it's funny i did that same thing to one of my friends and you know on mind body online i changed her name to sally uh-huh so like whenever she took class they're like oh sally she's like no it's cassie it's like <laughs> no there's this guy named martin who did that i was like i did that so it's, it kind of just keeps it was funny i, I don't think i should have done that but it's just funny to actually even you do things that help people kind of keep you a sense of mind and you know she was able yeah. to like have a connection through that too yeah and we don't have to be so serious about things like we can just joke around and have fun and be human and you know yeah hot dog is a sandwich i still don't know it's a hot dog and a sandwich you know oh so i'm about to go into my continuity questions before i go into that is there anything else that you wanted to add that we did not talk about I do. I think if anyone's listening, we should all just take a moment and take three breaths together. Will you lead us, Martin? You want me to lead us? Yeah, I would really enjoy that. Okay. Because I actually haven't, you haven't been, I haven't been to a yoga class with you yet. Okay. So just a reminder that we can stay present and we don't have to go through an hour yoga class to just do that. Wow, the tables Please. have turned. All right, so we'll close our eyes. Slowly relax your shoulders. Relax your mind. Now relax your neck. Slowly start to feel the airways in your body and the energy. Slowly start to breathe that life force in through your nose and your nostrils. Take a deep inhale through your nose. Slowly exhale that breath out. Another deep, slow breath in. Inhale through your nose. Deep, slow breath out. One more breath. Inhale. Slowly find that last breath out. And slowly just keep your eyes closed. Find a couple seconds in silence. Start to see something within yourself. Slowly guide your thumbs to your chest. Press your chest against your hands so you can feel your heartbeat and know that you're alive. Press your hands together to get for your palms pressing against each other to know that you're there for yourself. Slowly open your eyes. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much. Eee! I love it. Thank you. Continuity questions. Ready? No. But I'm going to do it anyway. What are things you do to seize the day? What are things that I do to seize the day? Something that I started doing um, that I really enjoy is that I um, set a time limit on my screen time on my phone. 
So I have like time limits on social media. And then now I just put one on the news because the news is really a lot. And um, it's funny because like once I run out of time, my phone says, you ran out of time. Would you like to ask for permission for more time? And then I'm just like, no, like I'm not a slave to the machine. Like <laughs> I will not ask for permission. So then it's done. And I think that has helped me be more intentional with the time that I have and the time that I just like do mindless screen time. Um, I'm trying this thing, which I used to do a while ago and then I lost track of it. So I'm going back and I'm doing this morning routine where I wake up and um, make a cup of hot water and lemon and get ready and read something for self-growth. So right now I'm reading through the Yoga Sutras where I have this book called Journey to the Heart, which is like a daily mindful meditation. And I read that and then I do a little bit of yoga, my sun salutations. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's nine. Sometimes I'm just laying on the ground. Um, but it's this like sacred 30 minute time of me reading something, remembering, and then journaling like, what is my intention? What am I grateful for? And it's like that same thing. Like, what is it that I intend to do today? What is the feeling that I'm trying to achieve? You know, who do I tell like that I love them? And this, you know, it doesn't happen every day, but trying to have that mindset of just being intentional really helps me find clarity of what matters and what I want to do and, you know, be kind to myself if I don't do it. I love it. Number two, what is the point of life? Hmm. I don't like that question. Can I get a new one? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer it. Would you like to pass or would you like to answer it? Yeah, I'll answer it. <laughs> That's a hard one. Um, I don't think there is a point. Because no one can decide that except yourself. I'm deciding if I want to say more, but I feel like that was pretty good. And then the dramatic pause was pretty good, too. So I think so, right? I think the cool thing is that we get to decide what the point is. And it can be different for every single person. I love that answer. Yeah. What other answers have you gotten that resonate with you? Yeah. Well, for me, it's. Yeah, what is to, yours? Mine was um, to help others so much that they would continue to help others. Another person was, recently the last one was to have a big house and have kids and have money. Um, another one was to find love, to be in life with someone, to have someone support them all the time. Um, I think another one was just to be happy and find happiness in every day. So there's so many different 
points of life and then they're all valid. They're all points. Yeah. You know? Nothing's wrong. Yeah. I like what you said. Um there's a saying that like repeats in my head, but it's like I want to inspire to inspire. And I think that's what you're doing. You're inspiring others to be inspired to do the same. Yeah. I think what's so cool is that your podcast, this podcast will inspire someone. And I know it will. And I've said this every other interview. You're going to have inspired someone to have listened to you that resonates with you. And maybe you never even always knew, but also looked up to you. So, very inspiring. You're a yoga instructor. You've touched many people. Sometimes we forget that. <laughs> Number three, ideal job. And what have you done so far to try to achieve such job? Hmm. I think I don't know what this looks like, but ideally, I hope that I am able to support others to be empowered to take ownership of their health and their life and be a space holder for them to incubate on how they're going to do that. So whatever that looks like, who knows? You know, I'm a firm believer that your job can change and, you know, it's just a part of your life. But like what? Like, what is it that you want to get out of it, right? Or what is it that you want to give others? Like, it doesn't really have a form yet. I think everyone deserves to be seen and to be heard and to have a fair chance and, like, to be able to find, like, gentle, loving kindness to themselves and take care of themselves and, like, thrive. Sounds like a Kaiser commercial. (laughs) But... Whatever that looks like, I don't know yet. But I feel like, you know, I'm heading towards that direction. That's good. I feel like you are too. (laughs) Number four, house and kids, question mark. Like, what about them? My opinion about them? Yeah. Like, do I want one? Yeah. You know, I think a home would be nice. Um. A home would be nice, a place that you can really just, like, be able to be yourself in and have this, like, welcoming space where you can have people over and, like, have these, like, cute little dinner parties and, like, have these moments where you can have, like, great conversations. And I think, you know, a home or, like, a kitchen table or a patio is, like, the best place to have those. So. I'd say I'm a fan of the home. Um, yeah, a home would be very nice. <laughs> um, whereas kids, kids is difficult for me. I think this is like a new uh, revelation in Wendy's brain 
but I grew up with a single mother and, you know, I acknowledge like how hard it was for my mom to raise three kids. And, you know, it's made me think of like, I'm not sure if I'm able to be a good mother. And that uncertainty has always been a front for myself to just say like the easy answer is I don't I don't know if I want to have kids and I think the easy answer is that because I don't think that you know if I want to do it I really want to do it you know and be intentional about it and like really do my best to like bring someone in this world and support them and have them in a world that is better than it is now and I think I've been very hesitant about saying like oh I want kids because I don't think I've truly believed that I deserve kids of my own because there are so many other kids out there that don't have families or complete families and I'm not sure if I like truly believe that I deserve to have kids So, I don't know. A story continues. I'll update you later. <laughs> the saga continues. The story continues, yeah. So, I guess I'm not really sure and until then, you know. Number five. What are things in society that people can do better at? I think to just be kind to themselves and to be kind to others. And to not sweat the small stuff. It's like, it's all good, man. It's fine. You know? Cool. <laughs> Number six. Happiest moment you can remember? Hmm. That's a big one, you know? Um, one of my favorite humans, we do this thing called the delight of the day. And every day we'll ask each other, like, what was your delight of the day? And I think it helps, like, help us find, like, happiest moments of every day. And ever since we started doing that, you know, like, I feel like I can't be like, oh, this is the happiest moment of my life, you know? Um now for a while I'm realizing it's just these like mundane moments that you connect with someone and then you're present and then like that moment is like oh that was so amazing and I think it's just like being grateful for what you have so like the one that pops up in my mind as like a very very happy moment is that uh, me and my favorite human uh, we're sitting in my house and we're trying to decide like what we were going to eat for the next few days. And we pull out the fun cookbooks and we go through them and we're just like, oh, like what should we make? What should we do? Like, should we make this? Should we make this? And then we pull out like 10 cookbooks and we're like, oh my God, like let's make all these like 20 recipes for three days, right? <laughs> and it's not, it's like way too much food. And then he stops. And then he looks at me and then he's like, you know what? 
this is really nice. And whatever it was, it was just, he was just like, I just want to let you know, like, this feels really nice. And this feels like home. And I just want to acknowledge, like, how nice this moment is. And, like, is it the happiest moment of my life? I don't know. But just, like, being able to just say that. Really, really nice. So I would say that was my recent delight. Nice. Mm-hmm. Number seven, biggest lesson or proverb that currently resonates with you? Mm. Biggest lesson. Is this the quote question? Could be. It's whatever quote or lesson okay. that resonates with you. I have this quote um, by Theodore Roosevelt. And I came across it from reading this book called Daring Greatly from Brene Brown which talks about vulnerability and courage and all that, all that stuff. And I think this quote has really kind of messed me up in how I like want to live and kind of like these life lessons that, that keep coming over and over again. So here it goes. So Theodore Roosevelt, it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end of triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at, le at least fails while daring greatly. And, you know, in her book, she talks about the arena as just showing up and being real and being vulnerable and not leaving things left unsaid. So, like, that has really kind of shaken my way of, like, you know, when you're in the arena, it doesn't matter what people think of you. It's not the critic that counts. You're in the arena, you're showing up, and, like, you're going to get your ass kicked. And you're going to get back up. And they don't have an opinion unless they're in the arena with you. To like be vulnerable and say things like saying I love you first. Terrifying. Quitting your job for another job or quitting your job with the total uncertainty of what's going to happen. That's scary. And people are going to judge you. Buying a one-way ticket and going traveling, people will judge you. But, you know, I guess it comes to that end part of like at the end, like at least I dared greatly. And like, I'll buy you this book. This book really messed me up. <laughs> I know, I like it already. That's awesome, Cope. All right, Embodies. Where's Wendy? That's where I am right now. Number it's eight. uncomfortable, but I'm doing it. <laughs> You're doing it great. <laughs> Thanks. Number eight. Unfortunately, the last question. 
or fortunately depends who's listening <laughs> if tomorrow ended what would be the things that you hoped people remembered about you that i dared greatly that i was in the arena and i was afraid but i did it anyways and I showed up, and I didn't fake anything. I was real, and I did my best. And those that love me know that I love them. And world peace. <laughs> and world peace. And world peace. <laughs> like Miss America. <laughs> That's great. I've super enjoying our time together wendy and i know you know it's funny when i start to think that we haven't hung out physically probably i would say even more than half a year so many moons so many moons almost a revelation almost the sun <laughs> wait let me try to really think back the last time i saw you i actually have the picture it was at Happy brewery Am I going away party? It was the last time I saw you was that at your going away party when you were actually going to go to Sacramento. Yeah. And then there were, I think, two times that you came down and I was trying to hang out you, but you were too busy. I know. But you were. You probably were busy. But to come from then to all the way to now, and I see that that's probably a little bit more over than a year. And now we're sitting here two hours and almost two hours into a podcast and like how much we've uncovered and how much we've spoken isn't that pretty crazy that's really wild thank you i feel like you know like i never really left and you know it's really nice to have this opportunity to reconnect and realize you know like you've always been here and i've always been here you know and like having this opportunity to just talk to you and be seen and be heard is really incredible. And, you know, like I've always loved this idea of holding space for others. And what you're doing right now is that exact thing. You're holding space for others to be seen and to be heard and to like, connect so thank you and i can't believe someone's gonna listen to this and like two two whole hours of myself and you just talking about lots of stuff yeah you're gonna get a lot of dms and it's not just gonna be from me oh my god <laughs> <laughs> well cool i guess they'll end it um any last farewell words or last remarks my last words are gonna be is a hot dog is a sandwich <laughs> Um, oh, now I don't want this to end. This is fun. I think my last words are thank you. I appreciate you. And that's it. Thank you.